Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PredictiveForum.com, BirthNet.com preview podcast looking ahead to the Risen Star Stakes tomorrow at Fairground, Saturday, February 20th. Notable in addition for the quality field and its placement on the Kentucky Derby Trail is also that it kicks off the Kentucky Derby Championship Series with 50 points to the winner. So whoever wins this race will be the top dog on the leaderboard, at least for another week until the Fountain of Youth. And secondly, it is the start of the qualifying period for the Kentucky Derby Dream Bet, Twinspires.com, putting up $25,000. You can get qualified with a successful $15 win bet. We'll see who Danny Zucker thinks is worthy of that win bet in what Ed DeRosa, myself, considers a pretty competitive 11-horse field, 13-entered, two-wheel scratch. We'll get to that as we get through the field. But first, let's say hello to Danny Zucker from Predictive Form. Danny, how are you? Ed, how are you doing? How's uh, Louisiana? Uh, well, Louisiana was good. Alabama, not too good to me. Suffered some po- food poisoning yesterday. You did, huh? Yeah, so uh, lost a day of, of eating and cavorting in the Big Easy, but got a good night's rest and ready to hit it hard tonight. Don't tell it was a clam chowder, wasn't it? Or a big seat uh, no, meat, meatloaf did me in. Oh, disgusting. Yeah, he's my favorite singer, but apparently if uh, the meat's not right, still uh, isn't, a, isn't a good combo. You need to go to uh, igotpoisoned.com and fill it out. It's a great site. You just go there. You kind of fill out how you got sick, and you can see where everybody else got sick. Oh. Hmm. Is that a sister site to Prediction Machine? <laughs> That's funny. Because if I could know ahead of time when your chances of getting sick, you could avoid it. Yeah. You get sick after after you get the information. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so, feeling better, and uh, hopefully we'll continue to feel better, and hopefully we'll get to make some money on the, the Risen Star, which uh, looks to be pretty competitive with 11 horses in it. Uh, yeah, it sure does. It sure does. So 50 points to the winner, the start of the Kentucky Derby Championship Series in that regard, and uh figure this is the type of, of race we can go top down. Uh, before we get to that, though, I will – Mentioned that the the, uh, the likely favorites are Motom and Aeroforce, Force, but Gunrunners got some attention in the future wager. Uh, Tom's ready, a name people might recognize. Uh, Zapparini had an interesting maiden win last out here at Fairgrounds. So uh, some interesting angles, but it'll start on the rail uh, with Inequality, who ships in, uh, ships south from Aqueduct uh, for Le Germati. I definitely thought it was interesting that they show up in this spot uh, plenty of options in the Mid-Atlantic, but taking a shot in fairgrounds on Brisnet, this one's definitely too slow. Uh, hard to see him waking up on the ship. What do you think of inequality? So I'm, I'm going to go through value plays, and then I'm going to give you some added editorial. From a value play perspective, we have him as a breakout candidate and our second choice actually here in the field. Uh, again, value plays look for value. They don't necessarily give you who they think could win the race, but at odds of what looks to be close to 30, 30 to one morning line, which I doubt will be, he really is the second second choice in here. Can you hear me okay, Ed? 
Uh, you're a little quiet, but I can hear you. Okay. Is that any better? No. Let me uh, let me get grab my phone. Hang on. Uh, so while Danny's doing that, uh, I'll take that time. You mentioned the value plays, uh, and for those who want to check those out at predictaform.com, they are free this weekend for Aqueduct. So all races at Aqueduct, you can load up the value plays and uh, an invaluable tool in my not only handicapping a race but also wagering strategy. Uh, to me, yeah, I'm a multi-race player, and he's back. Yeah, that's much better. Okay. So I was just telling people of, that uh, the, the value plays are free at Aqueduct <clears throat> this weekend. You had mentioned using them yep. for the Risen Star, but wanted to get that plug in yep. as well. Uh, and it sounds like Thank inequality you. measures up pretty well. You, you know, what's interesting about inequality, if you look at his final figures, is he's run 69, 69, 69.4, 69.6. So he's been pretty straight with a tad upswing, right? He started two races on turf. So his second out race was a pace low. Um, then he ran his first race on dirt, which was a reversal faster final figure than four furlong figure. And his most recent race was a new pace top, meaning he ran as fast as four furlong figure with the final figure within just a few tenths of a point of his prior race. These are all really good signs. They're really good signs. So when we see 30 to 1 posted up, whether it's the value plays or, or, or me from uh, just my perspective, there's value here. I mean, definitely there is value here, uh, you know, whether or not the horse can win at 30 to 1 drawing the rail from uh, from what looks to be an off-the-pace uh, running style. It's another thing, but at 30 to 1 morning line, sure, why not? All right, and you mentioned the rail and actually uh, firing at 23%, going a mile on the 16th mm -hmm. with a positive impact value. So definitely a uh, small sample size, uh, don't right. make this meet, but uh, it gives confidence that it's not a disaster at least. Um, sure. So, uh, well, good things to say there at a big price. Uh, I like some other prices better than this one that we'll get to. I'm, I'm scared off As by do the I. final I figures on the Brisnet scale. Uh, but nevertheless, yeah. uh, that, that, at 30 to 1, um, I, I'm not. Uh, it's a it's a horse I'm gonna have to pay more attention to for sure. On the yep, opposite end absolutely. of the spectrum, we drop a zero uh, with number two Mo Tom. He's three to one. Uh, Corey Lannery comes back for the ride, doing most of his work at Gulfstream yep. this year, but taking this one for Tom Amos. Certainly going to be one of the favorites. Uh, Tom has made no qualms about this one dropping back and making his one run. Uh, do you think he has it in him for the Risen Star? Well, if, if we, again, we're talking about the figures now and I'm, I'm looking into the figures and maybe talking a little bit less about his PPs, so you don't need anybody to tell you, sure, he's going to make a run and he's three to one, so he's going to be a factor on most people's tickets from a figure perspective. He kind of looks like the top of a rooftop. So he runs 68, 69, 75, 73, 71, 72. So He's got a, a upward swing. He's got a, a double top, and then he's regressed. So it looks to me from a form cycle pattern that he is regressing more than he's moving forward. Uh, it just doesn't, you know, from a, a number perspective, if you actually go to the basic view, which you can look at just a, gra a graph format, he's heading the wrong way. We have him as an average play um, in the value plays. 
All right. Uh, yeah, and he's certainly going to take money, and he's a local favorite too, so there will actually be a crowd who yep. will be familiar with him and his ownership, uh, the Saints and the Pelicans, so a big name down here in New Orleans. Number three, Dolphus is going to scratch, so we'll move on to number four, Bestrea shipping in. Uh, another shipper mm-hmm. in equality from New York, Bestrea from California. Uh, put it together finally to break his maiden fifth career start, going gate to wire. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. taking that in his two-turn debut as a sign that maybe this one's figuring it out. Uh, I really like this horse a lot at 15-1. to 1. I think he's a big threat on the front end. His jockey's coming in for the mount. Uh, what do you make of Bestrea in here? Yeah, so from a value a value play perspective, um, he's we have him as too slow, um, which is interesting because his last race was actually one of the faster races in the field, seventy three point nine, and he ran a reversal. So again, you talk about figuring it out the first time he learned how to run uh, a faster final figure than a four furlong figure, and he did it on the lead, which is very rare to see. Um, it also can tell you that maybe the field he ran against was garbage because it's such a rare thing that you see a horse run a reversal on the front end. just, like, doesn't happen, you know? I mean, reversal is the tendency for a horse to accelerate and run better later. So if you see a horse that ran a reversal while being on the front lead, it, it's, it doesn't happen very much. So that is of question. I can see him, again, being a horse of value in here. I don't quite know what I would do with him, but, you know, I would probably side with you that he's playable more than he is tossable. Maybe he's just a freak. Maybe he's a freak. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, you know, you know what the thing is that that Kerry always talked about. And ho- horses do freak. Typically, when a horse freaks, if you're a predictive form player, you're not going to win. I mean, we don't predict freaks that. I mean, rarely can you find a freak like this, but. You know, a freak would be like he came back and he wired the field and ran 77, and all of a sudden he became in everybody's top 10. I think short of right. that kind of a freak, you know, short of that kind of an expectation, anything off that race is he's just going to fall back and regress back to his prior numbers, which were all too slow. So, I, I, you know, you, got, you, you make a good point. Like if that 74 reversal pattern is really a sound number, um, which from our figures it is, he could freak. So, yeah, I mean, it's a reasonable way to look at it, Matt. Yes. Well, I definitely am, am going to need that price uh, to get involved, but uh, I do think it would be fair mm-hmm. if we get it. Uh, number five, uh, another decent long shot, 12 to 1 on the line for Evamo. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran in the Delta jackpot two back, uh, came back in an overnight, right. might call it a prep for this, non-winners a one. Uh, that The winner of that race is in here as well, Candy, my boy, on the outside. Uh, another one seems like maybe going in the right direction. Too slow so far on Brisnet, but this is the time of year horses improve. Does Forevermo have the improvement in him, or what do you make of his chances? Um, hang on a second. So Forevermo we have is too slow in the value plays, and I would uh, agree with that, that he hasn't shown any – uh, moments of brilliance and in against this field, uh, I think he's going to have a difficult shot. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, to his outside, Gunrunner was part of the was an individual entrant in the Derby Future Wager and actually took a, a big bet on Sunday. Uh, he was sixty to one, I believe. I'm not sure what he closed at, but at one point he dropped into the twenties. 
Uh, so someone's a believer. He gets the local hot jock, Florent Giroux, for trainer Steve Asmussen. Uh, has run some good races. Uh, you know, the Kentucky Jockey Club behind some good ones as well. Uh, to me, though, it just shows that maybe the others are better, and uh, this is his three-year-old debut, so maybe he's gotten better too. But I worry about what kind of price we're actually going to get on this one. What do you think? Yeah, so we have we have him as our top play in the value play picks. I mean, he's run three races over 70, 70 in the last uh, – you know, his, his race at Keeneland was a 73.5 double top, and then he came back with a new pace top, which is a faster four furlong figure than he's run in his lifetime. Um, you know, personally, I – I think he's uh, you know he's one of these difficult horses to figure Ed and and what that track was like um, in the Kentucky Jockey Club race. But you and I know, and I think we've talked about this the last couple of years. It's not a great race, right? It doesn't produce hasn't produced a lot of quality. Um, although I might be making that up, uh, and you can call me on that if I am. So no, he's, he's another one. Super Saver was the last name. Yeah, yeah, he's another one to consider in here. We have him as our top value play pick, so I can't knock that too much. All right, yeah, I'm, I mean, six to one, I think, would actually be somewhat fair. I just worry based on the action he took in the future wager whether we actually get that. And most time, an arrow force will take money too, but uh, it'll, it'll be fast. It's going to be sunny, okay. good weather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven is It's All Relevant, another coming off a maiden win into this one, shipping in from Gulfstream for Dominic Scatino, had run in New York as a two-year-old, Jersey Joe uh, taking the mount. Uh, the maiden win, I'm similar to Bistrea, it's gate to wire to finally put it together. Um, I, I don't think he's as fast on the front end as Bistrea, which to me means he's going to have a, a tougher time replicating that and he won't get the slop. Uh, he's not for me. What about you? Um, yeah, so we have him as too slow in the value plays, okay? Um, but what's interesting for me when I look at him is when you go to the value plays and you sort by uh, last four furlong figure, he's run 75.1, which is the fastest in the field. He's also from a line of a lot of good, fast horses. You know, his mom was Ender's sister, uh, and and she's had a bunch of really good runners. I'm trying to think of uh, what Tish Shea was the same uh, same dam as Tish Shea. Very fast, very fast in here, Ed. Um, you know, we would probably we would downgrade him in in, in value plays, and there's a knock on him in the value plays because he ran a double pace uh, a delayed pace top. Right? I'm sorry, a double top last time, which is the fastest four furlong figure and fastest final figure of his life by significant margin. He is, um, you know, he would be somebody I think I would probably use if I was playing uh, multi-race exotics, like a pick three or pick four. I just happen to like his getaway speed. And, um, you know, in a field like this, there's some sense, like if he could get a, get a, get ahead here, he might have a shot. Um, so he's, he wouldn't be a toss for me in pick threes. That would be the way I would I would look to use a horse like that. All right, and uh, actually, that's good perspective. We won't get into the other races surrounding this one, but uh, looking for a price in the pick threes or fours here uh, does make sense if you like stage play or chocolate ride. 
in the previous two races because mm-hmm. they're going to be even yep. money or maybe even odds on. So it uh, would be nice yep. to be live to a couple prices in here for sure. Uh, one of those prices might be Tom's Ready, but uh, he's not a stable mate. It's a different trainer, but same owner as Mo Tom. Uh, so another potentially might take some money in the wind pool because of his known local celebrity. Uh, ran second in the Lecompte, uh, so sort of a that Dallas Stewart vibe, plodding along and getting runner-up in these uh, derby prep-type races or the derby itself, as he's been known to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's running plenty of stakes. Uh, to me, never really been fast enough to, to say he gets the job done here. He seems like a known quantity with seven career starts already. Uh, I'm off Tom's ready. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so much on him. I don't think he can win. I mean, Johnny picks up the bounce of Johnny V, and you can't really knock that from an improvement standpoint, though his figures just look to be too slow. All right, uh, number nine, Lobon is going to scratch, so we will move on to number 10, Aeroforce, 5-2, to two, morning line favorite. Uh, certainly one of the most interesting horses in the race. I think a lot of eyes will be on him. He was a Kentucky Derby future wager individual entrant. His only dirt start, he won, Kentucky Jockey Club, which you touched on, albeit that was in the slop. Uh, but he was two for two before a runner-up finish to hit it a bomb in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf where he was favored. Uh, so a lot of respect for his talent. Whether he has it on fast dirt is the question to be answered Saturday. What's your answer? Give me a second. I want to pull up uh, the figures on uh, on more spirit. Because um, I want to see what he closed. Do you know what he closed at in the in the um, Future pool? Arrow Force, I believe he was 16 to 1. 16 to 1? Yep. Yeah, he took some money. Mm-hmm. More spirit was uh, 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. Let me see what more spirit ran as a figure here. He just ran last weekend, right? Uh. Two weeks ago? Yeah, he ran 75. All right, so here we go. So more spirit um, ran 73 and a half, and he ran 75 last out. Um, I don't know what he ran on the 28th. And he ran 73.9 in the Churchill race. Air Force ran 74.8. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he's got the fastest final figure. You don't need to be a genius to tell me that he's the favorite here, right? Um, it's a, There's one line that he ran as a compression line, which is, a, which is an indication that he ran a very – he ran a faster final figure than he did a four-furlong figure. So um, he's hard to knock, Ed. Uh, you know, I just I don't know that we would get. Let me tell you where he is on a value play perspective. Like he's a really tough favorite for us to back. Yeah, we have him as we have him as a breakout contender. We have him as our fourth value play pick. Yeah, I mean he's uh, going to be a short price in a big field, and there is that legitimate mm-hmm. question of faster. Uh, I mean, they obviously think he's a turf horse. He started on turf at Kentucky Downs, and 
um, you know, two to one or five to two is, is no bargain. I agree, but mm-hmm. certainly won't surprise anyone if he wins. Right, right, so, right. It's a tough spot. Yeah, well, Ju- I mean, Julian, you know what kind of ride, ride he's going to get with he's got Julian on him. Um, but there are horses in here that can press the pace. So yeah, very, very tough, tough field, and he's a tough favorite. Well, we'll be eager to to see what he does. I would I would say if he answers this question, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him maybe in the the top five of some people's Derby polls because, uh, I mean, he'd be he'd be right there with some of the other big names for sure. I would say, uh, Zapparini, one of uh, I think he's three, one of three uh, coming in here off uh, a recent maiden win. He did it locally. Uh, Greg Foley sticks him in this spot. Son of Ghost Zapper. Um, I know he he has his backers. He was three to two in that second start after being almost thirty-seven to one and uh, on debut uh, seemed to lay a little closer last time. Maybe that helps. Outside actually isn't too terrible at Fairgrounds Post Eight and Beyond of one seventeen percent and a mile on the sixteenth. Uh, another one though that to me really would need to step it up. But you are getting three to one, thirty to one. What do you think? So in, in our value play picks, we have him as the third choice in here. Um, and a lot of that, again, is going to have to do with his form cycle patterns and his morning line odds of what looks to be uh, 30 to 1, right? So he's an average He's average in the value play picks, but because his odds are so so long, he winds up getting uh, moved up from a value perspective. You know, looking at his figures, he ranked impression like his first out race is the best first out race that any any of these horses have had. And he ran, came back and ran a new pace stop. So two really good form cycle patterns. I mean, he hasn't run as fast as these, but his first out, if you look at his first out race, and one of the things I do when I look at future bets in the Derby is I look at the, the fastest first out horses, and um, he's the fastest in the field. So his first race was better than anybody else's first race as a, his maiden effort. So that, that has a lot of weight to it. Um, hmm. Yeah. He's somebody again that you, we would consider. I don't think we would, yeah, he'd probably be in the top three, four horses for us. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and that's a good perspective on the it's first scary stuff, race. Man. And I actually, you know, we're talking, no, he's going to be a huge about, race. Yeah. We're talking about in this discussion, we're talking about four or five horses that are bombs that all could you know, that a couple of them could move forward off their last out. And, you know, because they're PPs or, you know, lots of times horses like this that are maiden, um, they, they get devalued against horses that run and they'll count another grade three. So this could be a race where one of the, one of these bombs could, um, could show up. I mean, the next horse, uncle, um, uncle Walter is a, a tough horse to figure because, um, and I think on paper, right. He looks like a horse that's going to get a lot of money. How much did they pay him? Pay for him at Keeneland? Or eighty-five thousand. He's an Uncle Mo Indian Charlie, which has done well. His, and I'm sorry, I'm just jumping right into him, Ed. But his, he's got the fastest. He's got the fastest final figure of all of these. He ran a seventy-seven at Churchill on November fourteenth. It's interesting about that seventy-seven. It was run at seven and a half furlongs. So because there are not a lot of starts at seven and a half furlongs you don't have a huge sample size there, right? Um, but nonetheless, right. a 77 is a 77. He regressed back eight points in his first start out. Um, 
that whether he can get back to that 77 or even 74, I think is really suspect here, um, especially given the added distance. Um, but another another one to, tough horse to figure. I would we would say probably pass on him. Hmm. All right. Yeah, and he has the connections that will attract money here. Maker Ramsey Castellano taking the mount. Um, you know, yeah. there's other horses that will take money too. So maybe eight to one holds up. My con- my concern I'll point out from the comment lines. Uh, five wide in his debut, which he did win. Uh, four wide when he just missed, and that non-winner's a one. And then Lacombe, three, four wide, second turn. And now he has post uh-huh. 12 out of what uh, will be post 10 out of 11 horses. So he figures to be stuck wide again. Uh, maybe in need mm-hmm. of an inside trip to show his best stuff. But, yeah, a little worried yep. about that at a short-ish price. Uh, which does bring us to the far outside, Candy, my boy. Number 13 will start from post 11 with the two scratches. Uh, beat uh, Forever Mo last out in the non-winners of one. Comes in off that two-race win streak. Uh, beaten in a 15,000 maiden claimer at Indiana Downs. Uh, would seem like they're they're taking a shot here. Not that you can blame them with the two local wins, but uh, I don't know. It's just hard to get excited based on some of the races this horse has lost. Yeah, well, it yeah, I mean, so from a value play perspective, we have him as too slow in our last pick in here. Um, but, you know, there's – I probably, like, wouldn't back him, um, and I know his prime power numbers are crappy, but the, the people that do, like, look at graded stakes, they look at some of the trainer percentages, they look at the uh, workouts and the trainer percentages, they'll get excited about him. I think he'll get be shorter than – in the 15 to 1 warning line, which would be good because he's not somebody we would back. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to put you on the spot because it's the promotion on Twin Spires for the week, but you have one $15 win bet to make on the race. Who's it going on? Well, <clears throat> we have a gun runner as our uh, top play, so that's where I would go with the value play picks. The only other horse I would consider of all the horses I mentioned would be it's all relevant. Um, something something here says to me that he could uh, freak in this race. I, I mean, I just know the damn line, Ender, the Ender sister damn line, um, APND, they paid 360 for him. Um, you know, he could blow through that double top and run a big number, but Gunrunner would be the uh, you know, more logical, sane win bet and the more illogical longer longer bomb would be it's all relevant all right and a couple other prices uh you were keen on just to recap inequality uh and zapparini both 30 to 1 on the morning line and worth that is worth noting again because uh there do look to be some strong favorites uh for those Mm -hmm. pick three and pick four players uh this might be the race you actually get the price and for me uh uh, no, we would, I would another long shot. I'm interested I, in. Yep, I would agree with you there. So that 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 makes sense to me. So yeah, different ways to to cut it for sure. And uh, any uh, parting thoughts on the Risen Star before I mention the the free value plays again? No, well, and I was just gonna I was gonna um, just point out one other horse on paper on you know from a figure perspective. I think that's going to be very tough. Um, in the uh, in the mine shaft would be Eagle. To 
turn the tables yeah, just, on international star. Yeah, yeah, to turn the tables, and his figures look like um, international star just looks a little bit more inconsistent. Um, but if you look at and, and if you compare the eight and a half furlong figures for Eagle, they're seventy four and a half, seventy three, seventy eight, seventy five, seventy two. They're just a half point to a point faster than all the races that International Star has run in the same races or at the same distances. So I think I would point to Internet to uh, to Eagle to turn the table on this week. Yeah, and you might get two to one if you're lucky. Yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's a short field, so hard to know how it'll get priced out eventually, but uh should be a good race between those two and uh, obviously a meaningful prep for the New Orleans Handicap on Louisiana Derby Day. Uh, that'll do it for the Fairgrounds card. Great discussion on the Risen Star. Uh, Danny, remind everyone, I mentioned that they were free, but tell everyone how they can get to predictaform.com and access the race analyzer for Aqueduct. Yeah, so you just got to go to the front page. It says Aqueduct as the free race, free track of the weekend. You click there. If you're a registered user, it automatically appears. If not, you just got to sign in. Um, and then you can access the race analyzer, which is what Ed talked about. You can actually rerun the race based on the morning line odds or the current odds. So as you get closer to post time, you just got to dump in what the odds are, rerun the race, and it'll tell you if there are any changes in the value plays. Unfortunately, at this point, we do not have a live odds tote feed. When we do, it'll really be a game changer, and that's going to be down the road. But uh, it should be an interesting weekend. It's good to see Fairgrounds stack up a card with half a dozen good stakes races. Yeah, I'm excited to see it play out live, and especially that Risen Star, hopefully get one or two of these uh, prices we talked about in the number. Amen, Ed. Amen. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, Have fun. Okay. All right. Same to you. Thanks for the perspective. And, uh, again, that's predictaform.com for the, the race analyzer and uh, all their numbers for the weekend and brisnet.com for other handicapping information as well. Appreciate everyone joining us. We'll be back next week with the Fountain of Youth Stakes, Moyman, Zulu, a couple other big names I'm sure should be a great race to discuss, and we'll look forward to discussing it with you.